Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, dear friends, to Navigate with I.D. Such a privilege and an honor to be here to share with you some thoughts and at the same time to also learn from you. How can I learn from you? Given that this is a business school, I'd like you to also share some of your experiences and send me a mail. Contact at navigatewithid.com. It will be nice to read from you about how this program, in one way or the other, is supporting your business needs, your knowledge, helping to fill the knowledge gap, and at the end of the day, making you a more productive person. Folks, on Tuesday, that is our last edition, I stepped into the finance terrain. And I started by saying, I am not a finance expert, but because I need to align with the yearnings of the beautiful listeners of which you are one right now listening to me, as I bid you welcome to the program, I just had to get into talking about the income statements and also financial reports of which we looked at the different items, the cash flow statement and the income statement. I hope that um, you found it useful. It wasn't too boring. And I did promise that in the days to come, I will invite some experts in to share with you live experiences, which will be of benefit to you as you will then see how this is applicable in real life. But then not taking away what we have for within the context, I'd like to continue in that same breath because it will be foolhardy to just speak to only cash flow statements and the income statement without talking about certain other parameters that are necessary to have good financial reporting. Now, if you just join in this program, you may wonder, what is this all about? It's Navigate with IDNANG, and this is our business school on radio. As it is, we are trying to help support the small, medium enterprises or entrepreneurs. We're also supporting those who are currently working in businesses, who have responsibilities to grow the business, and by extension, helping every individual bridge the knowledge gap. And so this is bringing in some form of experience, some form of knowledge, some form of uh, insights, for instance, from books that I've read, from my career in times past and career running. And so if I'm going to speak to this particular subject, one of the notes that I took from a book I read many years ago, specifically, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this must have been 2015 or 16, if my memory serves me right, and it was written by Jeff Kaufman. And that book in itself gave me snapshots of uh, different dimensions of business-related topics, which I was able to apply for my own business. And today, it comes as a ready learning point that I can share. So without any further ado, I would like us within the same frame to look at the subject called the balance sheet. You know, many times um, you hear the word balance sheet, balance sheet, and you really don't you know, understand what it means. But here's what um, Benjamin Franklin said, and I'll put the quote out. He said, if you would know the value of money, go try and borrow some. So what is a balance sheet? A balance sheet is a snapshot of what a business owns and what it owes at a particular moment in time. You can think of it as an estimate of the company's net worth at the time the balance sheet was created. So just think about you right now. You're running your business and then you have a camera and that camera is highlighting a certain document, just one page. And on that one page, it shows you what you own and what you owe. 
That is the balance sheet. It's a snapshot at a point in time. If you take that shot in three months' time, it won't be the same. And that is why it's always important that business owners, especially at lower levels of the rung, uh, will understand each of these financial uh, reporting formats and their financial disciplines because financial ratios make all the mark. We are taking time here to share some of these thoughts because indeed and in truth, if we get our small businesses kicking in, our nation will be greater. There will be productivity. But what is happening is that we are losing out. A lot of young businesses are collapsing simply because of the lack of financial discipline. And financial discipline doesn't just come on you. Financial discipline is a byproduct of self-discipline. But self-discipline is not enough. You need to have knowledge. You need to acquire the knowledge. You need to understand financial dimensions and how it works. So by the time you take your self-discipline with your financial know-how or knowledge and you extract the key elements in it, then you can see yourself as a potential successful business owner. You wonder why a lot of young businesses do not go beyond three years. It's simply because the owners, the promoters, or the founders just stepped into it and they stepped out almost immediately. When you check, nine out of 10 times, it's always financially related. And that's why I've taken our time in the beginning of this year to start from the standpoint of strategic planning, looked at strategic partnerships, I was going to move into a separate um, topic before one of the listeners said to me, I'm struggling in this area. I'd like you to throw some light around the finance area. And I said, well, I am not a finance expert, but because I want to be as open and also listening to the yearnings of my dear distinguished listeners, I'll make it a point of view to share my own experience and what I know about these financial parameters. And so welcome. This is um, an addition I hope you find very interesting. And if you find it, you know, or there's need for you to ask questions, please just pop a mail to me. Or you can follow me on my social media handles. It's at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G, at I-D-N-N, across board. And I'll be able to answer whatever question you may have. Let's step back into the terrain of looking at this beautiful subject called the balance sheet. Like I said, a balance sheet is a snapshot of what a business owns and what it owes at a particular moment in time. You can actually have a personal balance sheet. You can have it because you are an entity as a person. Balance sheets typically cite a specific day and the simple calculation that is being used in that frame is assets minus liabilities equals the owner's equity. So what you consider to be your assets, less your liabilities will then become the owner's equity. I'm going to try to explain some of these terms so that it doesn't get lost on you. What are assets? Assets are things the company owns that have value. For example, products. If you're a manufacturer, the products of your company are assets. Equipment. When you buy equipment, whether manufacturing equipment, printers for the offices, the chairs and the tables, the cars, those are all assets. Stock. If you need to manufacture something, the ingredients that you buy, you go through the entire manufacturing process and you bring out the product. The product itself is an asset and the stock of what you have can be classified as items that your business, your company owns that have value. Could be products, could be stock, could be equipment. 
Now, on the other hand, liabilities are obligations that your company hasn't yet discharged. So, for example, loans, financing. When you take a loan and you have not discharged it, it's a liability. That is why when you make a promise on a personal note to someone, you become liable to that person because he or she is expecting you to redeem your pledge or your promise in like manner. That is the way it seems and it plays out in business. So you have the assets, less liabilities, and that's where you have the owner's equity. So whenever you look at liabilities, what's left over when you discharge all of the business liabilities now transcend as the owner's equity? That is, in a very simplistic term, you can call it the net worth. So your net worth is a function of your assets, less liabilities, in order to get your net worth. You can actually play this in your own personal balance sheet. I remember many years ago when I had a personal finance, um, what do you call them? Uh, this finance investment consultant. I was, I recall, I was at Coca-Cola then at King in Kenya. And um, I took on this group and then became part of um, uh, a certain, you know, investment group. And they wanted me to save towards my retirement. Then I remember I was 35 and I did a 20-year um, plan. At the age of 55, I would retire. Wow. You know, when you look back at this thing, it looks like yesterday. Well... I can tell you that because of the little crisis that we had globally a couple of years back, I had to cash into that fund. But here's where I'm going. My personal finance instructor or consultant had to take me through to understand what my net worth was. Her name was Han Ann Kibanga. And then sat down and said, ID, you must think about everything that you consider an asset and take out the liabilities to then see what your net worth is. We want to know if you can make this saving happen in a year. Then, way, way back, you know, I'm talking about which year? 2000, and it was actually year 2000. Yeah, so this will be about 22 odd years ago. And so I had to make a list, and she took the assets, put the value, and then the liabilities, and she looked at me and said, that's your net worth. So if you are having this net worth now, what would it be in 20 years if you invest X amount every year on a compounded basis that we have to get you mutual funds, this is what it will grow to. That is from a personal balance sheet being put together. Now, from a business balance sheet, it's the same kind of feeling and culture in terms of work, but with a much robust dimension. So for you and I, who have smaller businesses, the balance sheet is pretty straightforward. Here's what you need to do. Count your cash on hand. Add the estimated market value of any assets you own and subtract all your debt and current obligations. Voila. You have just created a basic balance sheet. So I do not want you, when you hear the word balance sheet, you think, oh, this thing is big. I'm not a finance person. I'm not an accountant. And your business is going south. That is the first indicator. If someone wants to buy into your business as an investor, they'll look at your balance sheet. And when they see one side tilted the other way, like, you know, the seesaw. And they look at the liabilities. The liabilities outweigh the assets. They will kill it, link you, they will run. But when they look at your assets, I mean, cash, cash is, you know, is an asset. When they look at you and say, wow, this, this business is cash rich. Of course, they'll be happy to invest 
Why? Because they know that the chances of getting the returns are very high. So as a small business owner, I want you to take that discipline. Having listened to me previously on cash flow and the importance of cash flow, having listened to me about the income statement, which is your profit and loss statement, p and I'm telling you now about the balance sheet. The balance sheet is very key. All you need to do is count your cash on hand, add the estimated market value of any assets you have. And when I say cash on hand, I'm not saying the one in your palm. There's cash on hand and there's cash at the bank. So cash is cash, cash plus cash. All your cash, that's what I mean by cash on hand. And then take away all the debt. You must consider all the obligations that you have. What do I mean by obligations? If you have written a letter to someone to say, I shall pay you 10 naira every day for the next 30 days, that's an obligation. If you are taking a loan from a bank and you are meant to pay a certain amount at the end of every quarter or period, that's an obligation. A supplier of yours, maybe you manufacture goods and this supplier gives you maybe part of your ingredients required for your production and then you have a deal with that supplier. And the deal is, I'll pay you after every 30 days. Supply, and I'll pay 30 days after. Or supply, i pay 45 days after. That is an obligation. Just the same way, from a personal standpoint, you have an obligation to take care of your family, your children's school fees, your wife's personal allowance, your husband's allowance. If that happens, actually, that would be great because it goes the other way. But let's assume it happens. You just put it in there. I know that many of us do not think about the personal balance sheets, but it's there. So for a small business, this is how your basic balance sheet builds up. You don't need anything highfalutin. Then you go around, what is the market value of this chair, of this television we have at the reception? If we were to sell this television now, what would be the value? 10 naira. We have a refrigerator. If we were to sell it at today's market value, given its condition, it will go for 7 naira. So 10 plus 7 plus other items that you have that can be converted to cash automatically come into that space of what you would call your assets. So let's step into the larger businesses. Now, for larger businesses, the balance sheet is more complicated and there are more entries to keep track, keep track of. Now, I can tell you for free, for a bigger business, the balance sheet can be very heavy. I mean, any organization that runs on both sides, uh, you must see it. I, I, can't, I can't express it, but I tell you, the weightier matters come in this, especially when you're talking about large businesses. The common assets include cash, which is sometimes very scarce, accounts receivable. What does accounts receivable mean? It means credit that you have extended to customers. So if you are uh, a manufacturer and then you produce certain goods and you extend credit to your customers and you tell them, pick my goods. Sometimes we talk about goods on consignment. Those are business-related terminologies. This is a business school, so we use business terminologies. So, for example, you sell or manufacture telephones, mobile phones. You're an OEM. Okay? As an OEM, whether you produce trucks or you produce phones or you produce equipment, you then decide that your customers can pay you 60 days after you deliver the product. That automatically sits under accounts receivable because you have extended credit to them in advance. Your inventory, inventory here speaks to a stockpile of the things you have. 
So if you're a manufacturer, you look at the ingredients that you need to produce whatever type of product you have on the line. Your inventory speaks to all that you have within the premise of the business, both stock and otherwise. Equipment and, of course, property. So these are the common assets that you find for large businesses. I don't want to confuse you because the audience is very specific. I just want to compare notes and see for the lighter business and then the bigger one, what's that point of difference? Now, common liabilities for larger businesses include long and short-term debt. What do I mean? Larger businesses go into long-term contracts. So for example, they want to expand the business. They need a loan from a consortium of banks, maybe a billion, two billion, five billion. It is only large businesses that can carry it. That's a liability because it's a long-term debt that will be serviced over time. That is why Nigeria, if you were to take the balance sheet of Nigeria, it's always tilted upside down. I mean, the other way, we have more liabilities and assets, I believe. And that's why sometimes some of those assets, I mean, you hear the government say they want to liquidate some of our assets so it can be converted to cash. There's so many buildings that are all over the country that are being converted to personal stock because somebody somewhere had a corrupt mind and changed the name from Nigeria to Nigeria. There's a difference between the country, this product, this asset belongs to the Federal Republic of Nigeria or the Federal Government of Nigeria to the Federal person of Nigeria, my Nigeria, that they convert those assets to their own personal fund. Now, I do not want you to think otherwise because as you have accounts receivable on the asset side, you also have what? What I call, or what we call, accounts payable. Now, account, accounts payable is a credit that other firms have extended to you. Remember I said accounts receivable would be credit that you've extended to your customers. On the liability side, people have given you credit lines. So for example, your suppliers of ingredients say to you, I'm giving you a line for 90 days. Whatever you buy, you can pay every 90 days. So they deliver a consignment for 1 billion worth of ingredients or stock to you, and you are only liable from day 91 when they are going to expect the payment. So they invoice you and you're expected to pay. That's a liability because it is credit that has been extended to you and has become an obligation. Ditto other obligations that you have made. For example, larger businesses, they come out and make donations to the community. CSR, during the time of COVID, a lot of big businesses came out and said, we will do this, we will do that. That in itself sits within the sphere of obligation. And guess where it sits? It's a liability. You've said it, you must honor it, and it must happen. So the owner's equity then for larger businesses includes the value of the company's stock, capital from investors. So the company's stock, capital from investors, all the what the investors have put together, and then the retained earnings. Retained earnings in a simple balance speaks to profit. Profits that have not been paid into the, to the company shareholders. So if I am uh, a director in a company and then we are able to make, and probably one of the, the, main, main, the main shareholder, the board can decide that, hey, we are going to retain some of the monies we make as profits. And those retained earnings now go back as part of owner's equity. 
Let me tell you the flip side for you as a small business owner. So as a small business owner, you must be very conscious of this. The monies that you spend. So for example, I run Corporate Shepherds. I'm the founder of Corporate Shepherds. I invest or have to pay certain bills for Corporate Shepherds on their behalf. What accounting allows to do, it is going to sit within the balance sheet as part of owner's equity. Why? They will be converted into that space and kept as part of owner's equity. So as far as the business is concerned, this amount of money has come in, but it has come in from one of the sources or a director. The flip side of it is that retained earnings in large companies, it is the profit that hasn't been paid to the company's shareholders. Friends, we'll take a break here and we'll get right back and continue on this pathway. And I hope you found it useful thus far. Don't go away. There's more in the kitty. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends. I hope um, you had um, a great time in that short break. Uh, but, you know, it's important that um, I do more or less what I call a, a check-in. And the check-in is just in case I, I have those who just tuned in accidentally. It's Navigate with IDNANG. It runs on this beautiful station Tuesdays and Thursdays between the hours of three and four. We've been looking at some finance principles that have very causal effects on how businesses survive and get run. Today, we've been looking at the subject of the balance sheet. In prior episodes, we did talk about the income statement and the cash flow statement. In the first half of the program, we defined the balance sheet as a snapshot of what a business owns and what it owes at a particular moment in time. You can think of it as an estimate of the company's net worth at the time when the balance sheet was created. We went ahead to define assets. that are, There are things that companies own that have value, example, products, equipment, stock, etc. And liabilities are obligations that their company or the firm hasn't yet, hasn't yet discharged. For example, loans, financing, etc. Now, what you find that is left is classified as owner's equity, more or less the net worth. And then we took that into different dimensions for smaller businesses, for larger businesses. And it came clear that for smaller businesses, it was pretty straightforward if you wanted to know how to put together your own balance sheet, a basic one that will help you run your business much more effectively and efficiently. So stepping into a continuum, the question is, what makes the balance sheet balance? The big question, what makes the balance sheet balance? The answer to it is that it's a form of the secondary calculation, which is a rearrangement of the first equation. So the first equation that I shared with you was a balance sheet is classified as assets minus liabilities, which is equal to what? The owner's equity or what you call the net worth. By the way, I also need to highlight the fact that you can have a personal balance sheet and I did highlight that in the first half. A personal balance sheet, your assets minus your liabilities will present your net worth. What are assets like cash in hand, cash in the bank? The things you have at home, they are your assets, your car or cars, etc. What are liabilities, obligations that you have? I'm not talking about Valentine or Valentine or Christmas. There are obligations when you've written them down or you've made a promise, but if it's still inside you and you've not spoken out, then it's an internal obligation. The minute you put something down and it is written and communicated to the other party, it becomes a liability. The net of that comes your net worth. But here is this 
beautiful rearrangement of that first equation, this equation I just mentioned, that is what makes the balance sheet balance. I hope this makes sense. Now, this rearrangement of that equation, it will then come in this form. Assets will then become liabilities plus owner's equity. Now, if you're a student of mathematics, you would remember that when you move items from the left or to the right, the last symbol, when it goes over the equal sign, will change into the opposite. So you have balance sheet as assets minus liabilities, which equals owner's equity. When you make assets the subject of the formula, you will move liabilities to the other side. And because there's a minus sign before liabilities, when it goes over to the other side, it becomes a plus sign. And so your assets automatically becomes liabilities plus your net worth. This calculation looks odd at first. Why would you ever want to add liabilities and owner's equity or net worth? Here is why. When a business borrows money, it receives the amount of cash borrowed. That goes on the cash flow statement. And when the influx of money makes it look like the business had a very good month, if you don't notice it's a loan. When you think about it, the company's financial picture didn't really change. The business now has more assets, that is more cash, but it also has a new liability, more debt. The company's net worth didn't change at all. That is the rearrangement of the first equation. Let me bring this to a personal uh, basis. Imagine yourself. You're looking at what an asset will be. And I'm saying to you, it is your liabilities plus your net worth. Okay? Now imagine for a second that you borrow some money from either the bank, or let's make it easier for ourselves. You ask for a loan from the bank of, say, 500,000 naira. Now you borrow that sum of money and the bank credits your account. That 500,000 hits your account and maybe you had a 500 already in your account, resident. Anybody taking a snapshot at that point in time will say, oh, ID has 1 million naira. Now, from an accounting standpoint, that extra amount of money goes to your cash flow statement. And it looks like you have had a very, very good setting. At least you have more money. But if someone does not look in very closely at the fine lines to notice that it's a loan, you will think it's just an ordinary credit. So when you think about the overall financial picture, nothing has really changed with your status. Why? You are sitting in a place where you have more cash, but then, on the other hand, you have more debt because the bank will collect the 500 from you plus your agreed interest. That's exactly what happens with a business. So when we come to the second formula, the second formula of assets equals liabilities from plus owner's equity is very useful because it will reflect this relationship. Let's assume you are starting a business and you borrow 10,000 Naira. Before you borrow the money, your balance sheet looks like this. Zero Naira equals zero Naira plus zero Naira. You have no assets, no liabilities, and no equity. After you borrow the money, your balance sheet looks like this. 10,000 equals 10,000 Naira plus zero Naira. That is 10,000 Naira, which is a liability, plus zero Naira, which is your net worth. Now, you have 10,000 in assets, 10,000 in liabilities, and no equity. Both sides of the balance sheet are the same. That is how a balance sheet balances. The balance sheet always balances. If it doesn't balance, you have made an error. It is as simplistic as this.
You see why when we started, I said the reason why a lot of small businesses go under is because of the lack of discipline. Discipline in the broad terms, but in a specific term, financial discipline. Financial discipline sits within the self-leadership, self-discipline, but more importantly, speaks to know-how, the knowledge of finance, the applicability of finance. If you don't understand finance, you will wreck your business. And so many of you are collecting loans like tomorrow will never end. It will come back to haunt you. It will not only haunt you, it will bite you in the bum. That's why you find today a lot of online companies are throwing cash everywhere. They're throwing credit at people and the gullible are taking it. Who are these gullible people? They have absolutely no clue about what I'm teaching you or showing you. There is a personal balance sheet just like you have the company balance sheet. So on a personal note, a lot of people are absolute an absolute wreckage now because they went ahead to collect assets from the bank, but they were actually liabilities without any net worth on their side. They sit back, take a snapshot, and they're happy about the fact that there's cash in the bank. But what they never tell themselves is that that cash was gotten as a loan and interest is running by the hour. The hours will tick into days. The days will tick into weeks. The weeks become months and the months move into the year. And once it's compounded, you start running around like a headless chicken. And the next thing is the fear of EFCC is the beginning of wisdom. So, friends, since balance sheets are snapshots of a moment in time, it is common to review several of them at a time. So, for example, a company that is your company, your business enterprise, might include balance sheets calculated on the last day of its fiscal year for the past two or three years. Now, by comparing the balance sheets, it is easy to see how assets, liabilities, and owner's equity have changed over time. I remember many years ago when I joined a certain big business. Actually, to be specific, when I joined Cadbury as commercial director, one of the things that we had to ensure happened was at December. And I put a charge to my colleagues, my team members, and also put an incentive to them. I said, guys, every December, we must bring in cash. I want to see cash. And what that means is, yes, we may have some credit obligations, but cash recovery is very key. Because in closing the year, it's important that at that stage where the company was, as at that time, Cadbury was in a near comatose state. And so cash was important. Cash needed to come back into the business for us to fulfill our obligations. And I made it a very essential KPI for all my sales and marketing people. All my colleagues in sales and marketing, it was an essential KPI. And there was also a reward system to back it because you must incentivize people. And at the end of the day, I remember one December when we came in with a record three or so or four million uh, four billion. This was, I think it was billion. Yeah, not million. One transaction is a million. That particular December, the guys brought in close to three billion cash. That in itself shook the entire balance sheet and everywhere was healthy. That is why, by the grace of God, in three years, Cadbury was able to turn around. But there was a specific method to the madness. It didn't just happen. It took a cooperative nature and a team that was determined to ensure that we abided by the tenets of discipline. That if you're selling into a customer, even if we've given this moratorium of 30 days, you must deliver in 30 days. 
And if we can get it lesser than 30, we'll make it happen. By the time I got into the company, there was so much amount of debt. In fact, when I resumed at Cadbury in 2007, they had close to 6 billion of trade debt. By the grace of God, in 30 months, we reduced that to half a million naira. Dramatic, you would say. But that's one of the reasons, after three years, that company came back to life. Friends, do not joke with the balance sheet. Do not joke with cash. Do not joke with net worth. Because they are all functions that play within the scope of your liabilities. If you joke with your liabilities, you are killing your net worth. And it's a matter of time. No matter how big and great your assets are, you're going to pull down your empire. And how do I bring this to a personal touch? Be very careful. Imagine a man that has a child in each state of the Federation, 36 children, one man. That's huge liabilities. Okay, maybe that 36 is too much. Let's take it by half. Let's say 18 children. I know there are people that have had records. Do you think such men will live long enough to be able to service the needs of those children? Depending on how great they are, they are notable industrialists who had assets. Some of them, their assets are still sweating today. But you know where they are sweating? They are sweating downwards because there's a lot of litigation by the children trying to fight for who takes what simply because there's a mammoth crowd waiting there to say, no, I'm entitled. The other one says, no, it's mine. Even if the person had put a will on the table, there's always the subject of, it's a fake one. I have the original. There are lessons before our very eyes. Friends, on a personal note, on a business note, it's the same thing. You cannot carry too much liabilities and expect that your assets, no matter how great, will continue to contain those liabilities. Balance sheets are valuable because they answer many important questions about the financial health of a business. In like manner, balance sheets are very valuable. Or rather, let me backtrack. Personal balance sheets for individuals are valuable because they answer many important questions about the financial health of you, me, as individuals. Now, when we tilt it to the business, by examining a company's balance sheet, you can determine whether or not the company is solvent. That is, it has more assets than its liabilities. That's when it's solvent. If it's having trouble paying its bills, or how the company's value has changed over time. Friends, balance sheets, just like income statements, are full of assumptions and estimates that can introduce some form of bias in the numbers. What's the value of a brand name or reputation? So you have on the balance sheet, say, a term called goodwill. How do you put a value to the goodwill your brand name brings. So you have, let's assume your name. How bankable is your name? Reputation. In your personal balance sheet, what does your name connote? When you walk into a place, can someone say, you just called IDNAG, you can take it to the bank, it's okay. That loan you're about to collect, because of that name, you can collect it and I'll give it to you. That's value associated. Or you walk into a space and someone says to you, this is the name of my company or I work for this company. When you introduce your company, the reputation of the company now stays right in front and can you put a value to that reputation? Another question is, what percentage of the company's accounts receivable will be paid? That is, what percentage of the credits you've given out will be paid. I just gave you an example of when I had the privilege of serving as commercial director of Cadbury, Nigeria, many years ago. It was important that I made my team members have a KPI, and it had to do with cash. We needed to collect cash. Cash collection was key. 
So from the DSM to the RSM to the um, Cadbury business manager, the CBM or the RL, the retail rep, everyone on that chain of command must understand that cash collection was key. You cannot allow cash to sleep from your hands. And sleep here means S-L-I-P. When you allow cash to sleep, your company is sleeping. S-L-E-E-P. And by the time it wakes up, they will not be able to pay salaries. By the time it wakes up, you will have everywhere shut down and the business will begin to go for life support. How valuable is the business's current inventory? Don't skip any of these questions, friends, because by examining the assumptions behind the entries on the balance sheets, you will develop a more accurate picture of the strength of your business. And this is very crucial because when I started this particular subject, I didn't realize that it was going to take most of the program. But I'm glad I took time to speak to it. And I hope you found it extremely useful and it will help educate you, throw some more light to some, create illumination to others who never had an idea or who always heard these words, balance sheet. And they say, no, that's finance. I'm not interested. But I hope I was able to simplify it a bit more so you can actually see the essence of a balance sheet. It isn't so complex, but all it takes is some form of discipline. Let me use the few moments I have left to see if I can step into a summarized plane to start just more or less like a top-line summary. So we can take this as a recap of the subject today. When we come back, possibly in the next two programs or the next program, I'd like to still touch on one or two concepts. One of those could be financial ratios or cost-benefit analysis, because these are applicable terms within the business life and the business structure, or better still, within the business ecosystem. So permit me to do a brief recap of what we've done today on the subject of the balance sheet. I said the balance sheet is a snapshot of what a business owns and what it owes at a particular moment in time. And Kotsi, of several examples, we looked at that and said that when you look at a balance sheet, it always cites a specific timing. And then a certain calculation is always utilized. And that is assets minus liabilities will give you the net worth or what you may term owner's equity. We then said or defined assets as items that the company owns that have real value. There's perceived value, but this value, value, products, equipment, etc. And we looked at liabilities as obligations that the company or the firm or the business entity hasn't yet discharged. So when you take a loan, it's a liability. And you know it. So whatever is left between the assets and the liabilities sits in that little space or what you call owner's equity or better still, the company's net worth. For smaller, medium-type businesses, the balance sheet is pretty straightforward. And what I said was, just count your cash on hand, add the estimated value of any assets you own and subtract all debt and current obligations. And before you know it, you'll be saying voila, because you've just created a basic balance sheet. Let me use a typical example that may throw some better light. Have you seen that mama that sells Coca-Cola or beverages? I may not call a particular brand, although 
I was brand brand manager for Coca-Cola for many years. So you can permit me if I still once in a while, I drop in Coca-Cola. But let's take this mama, Mama Risi, my favorite mama, business aficionado. Mama Risi has a balance sheet though. She may not have it written down, but I tell you, just like I mentioned, when we are looking at the cash flow statement and the income statement, that Mama Risi understands and counts her cash on hand. What is the cash in hand? She has this paint container that sits with Mama Risi. She would then look around all the crates of Coca-Cola or other products there. They will form the assets she has. When she adds the value of one bottle or one crate to her cash, she knows that everything there is her asset. And the monies will be debts that she collected to expand her business. It's a simple balance sheet. If I leave you on that note, my friends, I want you to go back, coming from this subject and this discussion today, I want you to look back and sit down most assiduously and create your basic balance sheet for your business. If you're a small business owner, medium business owner, larger businesses already have it in play. But a lot of you small businesses take it for granted and it hits you like a plague. Do that. At the same time, for those of you who don't have businesses, you wonder, what do I do? Go make, create your own personal business plan. Let's see the overlay of your assets, less your liabilities, and what you are worth. Call it the net worth. If you're strong enough, you feel good enough, open enough, cool enough, send a message to me, either via my social media handles and follow me on the same handles at IDYENANG or send a mail to contact at navigatewithid.com. Will be a pleasure to read from you and also to learn from you. Thank you so much, friends, for listening in. See you same time, same station, by the grace of God, when we look at other parts of business ratios. God bless you. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.